0: let's go god is doing a new thing god is doing a new thing with all the house lights up let me talk to you for a few moments here today i'm excited because i believe god is entering our church into a new season of different things and one of the things that god has really begin to show me is that uh we we have to begin to concentrate our efforts and and get an opportunity to really uplift Jesus in everything that we do, yes? We oftentimes think, you know, Sunday is God's time and maybe a little bit of, you know, a little, little Wednesday if it works in my time schedule or maybe squeeze God a little bit in here. But really, that, that mentality doesn't change lives. The mentality of realizing that God is about making you new, right? Making you new and then changing others through you. And God is not just about wanting to do things to you, but through you. And that's what all these different opportunities you're hearing about this morning is. Whether it's Colossians, New Believers, or Bricks and Swords. Everything that we're building and we're creating is opportunity for people to grow. We're looking at also establishing a virtual uh, set, something online, where those that maybe are still don't feel safe coming into a a community setting or maybe even not allowed in some some situations. And I've heard many people in that situation just not allowed because of the work that you do to be in gatherings of whatever or more. We want to provide all the opportunity because we believe that programs without the Spirit of God is just a program. You hear what I'm saying? A class without the Holy Spirit is just a class. Opening up a book, even if it's the Bible, without the Spirit of God, we believe that the Holy Spirit will make the word alive to us. He's the one that takes that word because if our flesh reads it, there are people that read the word of God and they're like, this makes no sense to me. Well, oftentimes it's because the Holy Spirit hasn't made that available to them. They haven't opened up to see. This is just nonsense and they chuck it as uh, something that, because it doesn't make sense, it's not for me. But I believe in the right context we can grow. Amen? And what we look at 2020, it's easy to look at the last few months, the last year, and call out those moments where we feel like has been an absolute waste. We can feel like the left side of the screen right now, right? We can feel like everything was just bland and black and white and just so gloomy, and you can do that. You can choose to look at that side of it. But I'm, I'm leaning on the right side where things are growing. Things are blossoming into what I, we're calling this morning, not just the title of my message, but the theme for 2021, A New Thing. A new thing because God is doing a new thing at Freedom Life Church so if you would if you have your Bibles with me I want you to realize that Isaiah 43 says a very specific verse turn there if you would Isaiah chapter 43 whether it's turning your pages or tapping either way find yourself at Isaiah 43 Isaiah 43 And just to give you a little context, the book of Isaiah, he's a major prophet, and he's writing to a people. And at this point in Isaiah, he's writing to a people that need a refreshing, something different. And when the prophet Isaiah urges the people to forget the former things, how many know that some things are just worth forgetting? Some of you are like, I've been trying, Pastor Tony. It is not easy. Some things are worth forgetting. Some things are not like your pin number for your bank card. Don't forget that. Right? Don't forget that part. Try to remember that. But some things in life are worth forgetting. Some things in life, the best thing you could do is forget. But I know that we, when we take a good look at the way God moves, God is changing and, people, and making people new for the greater good of his kingdom. Yes? The greater good... Of his kingdom, So understanding this, we look at Isaiah chapter 43, and we look at it with clear distinction that God wants to do something. So now, by a show of hands, how many of you believe that God is into doing something in your life right now? You think that God is willing to do something in your life right now? By a show of hands, how many believe that? For those of you that have your hands down, I'm really sorry. I really hope you can join us by the end of the service. But for most of us, I think, I think most of us be like, you know what? I think God wants to do something in my life, right? But there may be just a few. Whether you're online right now, or you're here in the room, or you're listening on a podcast, I want you to know something. He has not forgotten you. Not even for a moment. He has not forgotten you. Isaiah 43, 19 says this. Listen to what Isaiah says here. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Now I want you to take a moment and look at this verse as it is. It's kind of like God is having a conversation and telling you something. He's like, see, see I am doing a new thing. And then he says this, now it springs up. Now it springs up. When you're going through difficult times, most of us are not like, I'm so excited. I got paid today, and it's all gone. I'm so excited that I'm going through such a trial right now. I'm so excited my car broke down this week. It's been so good. Right? Nobody says that, right? Maybe there's somebody out there somewhere that does that. I'm sure not that guy. When stuff goes down, I'm like, oh, man, I didn't need it right now. As if there's a time that's good for your car to break down, right? Let's be honest. If we look at it, there's not like, oh, this is the perfect time for my car to go down, right? There's never a real perfect time. But when we're going through it, we don't see it. But see, that this is where God is speaking through Isaiah. He says to us, now it springs up. In other words, when you've gone through it, when you've gone through those barren wastelands, when you've gone through that desert, now all of a sudden it springs up. You've gone through it. I want to show you some things now. And then he goes on to say, watch this, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Some translations say I'm making water in the desert and streams in the wasteland. You know what's interesting? Some of us just need enough water to get by. See, I don't stand up here and drink, 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 drink. I sometimes just need enough just to get through the moment, right? That's just enough to get through the moment. But there are other times where I'm, I just played a, a, something, whether it's a sport or I chase my dog or, uh, you know, whatever. I'm running, or I'm playing ball or something like that where when I'm done, I'm like chug, 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 chug. I need more because I've been through more. There's, there's no difference spiritually that when you go through certain times in your life, God's going to give you the water in the desert. But then there are other times you go through things in your life where he's going to give you a streams in the wasteland. How many know the wasteland's a lot different looking in your mind than the desert, right? A wasteland is like, this is a waste of land. Like, this is just nothingness out here. How many ever drove through a town... That literally had nothing in it. Anybody ever drove through an abandoned building after abandoned building, or nothing, 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 nothing for miles and miles and miles, and you're like, "Where are the people?" Right? We've been to one place like that in Washington State. Oh my goodness, it was like we drove and we drove and nothing. For miles and mi- nothing. I mean, nothing. Some of you are going through that same thing spiritually in your life. And God is wanting to tell you that 2021, he wants to do a new thing. Well, Pastor Tony, how could you say something generic like that? Here's why. Because I believe in seasons. If you just simply believe in seasons, you would understand that this thing won't last forever, no matter what it is you're going through. The good doesn't last forever. The bad doesn't last forever. You're going to go through hills and valleys. Hills and valleys. And you cannot, look at me, every eyeball, look at me for a moment. You cannot make life-altering decisions in leaps in the highest point or the lowest point. Hear me. Because that's where the mistakes happen. You're going to have your hills and you're going to have your valleys. You don't make life altering decisions in the hills or the valleys. Because they change. So you say, well, "How can you know, Pastor Tony? That's such a generic God is doing a new thing." You know why? Because seasons change and God is always talking. He still talks and speaks to us today. I am doing a new thing. Somebody say a new thing. Isaiah 43, 19 was very clear that he brings streams in the wasteland. What is a stream? Man, it's a a constant flow of water through a specific area in play. Right? We have miles and miles and miles of the Susquehanna River that's just, just outside our door. Miles and miles and miles and miles and miles, right? Miles of water, stream. You don't have to look very far for water. There. It's there. Some of you, I want you to know, you don't have to look too far from right here, right now. Whatever wasteland you're going through, God wants to give you a stream. I really believe that. I really believe that there's something that God wants to do. So what is it about human beings and what is it about us? That is so difficult to find the newness of God in those streams. We have the Bible. Hello? Remember this? The Bible. Somebody talk to me. Okay. We have the Bible. We have 2,000 years of history of how Jesus ministered and changed people's lives. 2,000 years of history of things that Jesus did and personal experience of millions and millions of Christians. We have amazing, I'm reading, I'm reading a book by Dietrich Bonhoeffer right now, The Cost of Discipleship. It's an amazing book. I just, I'm having trouble putting it down. It's just such a good book. And I'm, reading, I'm beginning to read through this book, and I'm going, wow, such good knowledge. Listen, the Bible is the best book you could ever read in your life. If you don't have a Bible, see me after service, we'll get you one. Free of charge. Nope, nope, no cost. But there are other things that God has given people too. So we have the Bible. We have the Spirit of God in us. We have experience of 2,000 years after Jesus had, uh, had ascended to heaven. He says, I'm coming back again through the Holy Spirit. And books and books of amazing men and women of God that have done things. Why are we still lacking knowledge? Well, I'll tell you why. Because there are people that have knowledge but have no wisdom or Spirit of God to teach them what to do with it. Right. We got Google. Right. We got all these search engines. You need information. Your phone, your device, your tablet will get you that information. You want to know something? Just ask a particular device name. Pick them. There's a bunch of them now. It started with one. Now there's multiple and they're all listening to you. There's not a shortage of knowledge. There's a shortage of discipline and obedience to God and listening to the Spirit of God and what he wants to do with each of our lives. That's what we're short of. We're in short supply of that. So the answer has to do with how do we lean on the wisdom of God so that we can get this new thing in our lives? So as human beings, there are so many memories and experiences that often push us from not wanting to be a part of the movement of what God is doing but God says, behold, I am doing a new thing. And then he says, will you not perceive it and will you not know it? In other words, will you not want it? Will you not try to understand it? Or are you not understanding it? I'm doing a new thing. And some of you in this room, you've been in the Lord a long time. You don't, but you've lost that desire to find the, the next thing that God wants to do with you. And it doesn't necessarily mean a career change. It doesn't necessarily mean a job change. You realize what I'm saying? Like God wants to do stuff internally. Stop thinking that for a moment. Everything, when I say a new thing, that means I got to get a new job. Pastor Tony said so. I got to get a new spouse. Pastor Tony said so. I have to get a new car. Pastor Tony, did you hear that, honey? This car is making all these sounds. Pastor Tony said a new thing. So, we're going to pull into that dealership now that's on the way home. Because he's calling me to have a new car. Well, you worked that out. I'm not going to get in your business that way. You hear that? Pastor Tony said, I got to get a new house. Listen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I better stop. Because some of you are like, mm, yeah, that's a good idea i been thinking about that lately. i to move out of my garage and get me a house. But God says, I want to make a way in the desert. You know what's the problem? Here's the problem. You're not living under a plague. You're living under a promise. Stop acting like you're living under a plague. Are you hearing me? I thought I'd get more amens. I'm going to say it louder. Maybe I'll get more amens. Stop acting like you're living under a plague when you're living under a promise. You're living under a promise. The promise that God will never leave you or forsake you. The promise that he will be your strength in time of the storm. The promise that he is your healer. The promise that he is your God. And there's nothing in this world that can take that away from you. Nothing that can battle it. Nothing that can face it and stand. Nothing that stands toe-to-toe with God can actually win. Somebody say something right now. The truth is that we live in a world... That often looks at everything like a desert. Oh me, oh my, oh thee, oh thy. Oh my goodness, they didn't pay me this. Oh my goodness, this person at my job. Oh my goodness, woe is me. You're living under a plague. Well, what if we stopped for a moment and said, there's a reason why I'm going through what I'm going through right now. Father, show me what that is so I can invest it. So, the God is calling you in 2021 to invest your pain so you can reap the promise. All the struggles you've ever been through, all the recent struggles you've been going through, invest it and say, God, all this pain, show me what I can do with it. Show me how I can invest my pain. No one's ever, t- no one ever preaches this. You realize that? Everybody wants to talk about investing your money and investing in believing. But my goodness, nobody ever told me to invest my pain, but I'm telling you today because I believe God has a word for you, and I believe that God has a word for you, and I believe that investing our pain is saying, God, I no longer want it, and I no longer invest it in my life because that, that pain that you hold on to is not invested if it's kept in your heart. That pain has to be left at the feet of Jesus so that he can do whatever he wants to do with it. Show me how my pain can be better used for your glory. The desert is a lonely place when one can easily lose direction. How many have ever lost direction in that desert moment? Come on, somebody. Don't you get quiet on me. I will preach till four. Yeah. I'm just feeding you the word. That's it. <laughs> Expect nothing, nothing more than that. Even the most experienced person, there are people that the Bible talks about in the last days will be discouraged and walk away. The people that know the most, those people will also stray away from the faith. But guess what? Today, you can make a choice. To say, I want a new thing. Somebody say this, I want a new thing. A new thing. Come on, say it with conviction. I want, I want a new thing. If you're online right now, type it right in the comments. Right now, say, I want a new thing. I want a new thing. Because there's, uh, there's a very real path that we need to walk in. And what, that, what difficult path have you taken that makes you feel like leaning? You're leaning away from Christ or you're walking away from Christ. Is a path that oftentimes pulls us away. And I don't have a three-point message for you. I got one point today. And here's my point. You ready? We have to realize that there are often deserts and promises. And whatever you walk through, know that the end is not a desert. The end is the promise. We often want to walk through promises to get to a bigger promise. Right? How many would love that? Like you don't want trials in your life or pain. Let me just have happy, happy moments that lead to happier moments. That's the way we want life to be. Happy, 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 very happy. Happy, 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 very happy. That's the way we want life to be. But that's not going to be like that because Jesus was very clear. In this world, you will have trouble. So those wastelands, those desert moments, those things will happen. But the, the truth is that spiritual deserts can be encouraged in our spiritual exile from God. There are times that where we feel estranged from the Lord, and we feel estranged from those who love us because we're going through this desert, and we end up pushing people away that we love, people that are there to help us because we're in a desert and we want to mope and grind. We want to groan. We want to find out, you know, How dare they? And how can I get back at them? And guess what? Invest your pain today. Realize that God wants to do something—a new thing—in your life today. Now, there are many people who have afflictions and struggles. And some of you in this room or listening uh, to me today, you've gone through struggles in your life. Whether it's an addiction, some sort of thing in your life, everyone in this—let's be honest—everyone has had struggles of addiction of something. Something that you know has, isn't right. Something that you know isn't good. And you think, well, I never did drugs or I never hit anybody. I never robbed anybody. I never really carried a gun. I never, really, you know, I never really went to prison. And you can say all the big sins or the big things. and What about the anger and malice when you see somebody? What about some of the, what we would consider little things, but you drip, drip, drip. How many know that every drip that's followed by another drip that's followed by another drip, can destroy things. Case in point, the other day, I was out outside of my house, and I was, we, I was out with the dog, and we just got a little puppy, and, and I was out walking him, and he was just kind of uh, sniffing around and stuff, and, and so I looked over to my right while I was waiting, and then I looked, and I realized that off of, my, uh, off of my roof, I have a little spout that spits out the water, right, and collects all the water and spits it out in one area, and it spits out to what we have, a concrete thing that, you know, receives it and kind of pushes it away from the house. And I realized that the, the part where the water comes down off that spout was not a lot of water, but there was some dripping. And I looked at it, and I was watching it just for a few moments, and it was just coming off of it, drip, drip on this concrete, thick, heavy, concrete slab. And the, most of the slab was okay. But the one part where the little drips came, decimated. Completely and utterly decimated. Cracked, you could see the inside of the concrete, all broken up. Why? Drip, drip, drip. So for a moment, think, don't think about the things that are big as the only threats to your Christianity. Think about the drips. The little things that we deem is not important. When you lash out at someone or when you're angry all the time or when you are unforgiving or in some way, I never hurt anybody, but you have certain little things in your life that you consider little. It's not a big deal. But Pastor Tony, you don't understand. That's just the way I am. Said the person that doesn't want to get better, right? That's just the way I am. That's just a great cop out. Let's be honest. That's just the way I am. If you hurt people constantly and you do that constantly, that shouldn't be the way you are. You shouldn't be ashamed of where you are necessarily, but you should not be confident in staying there. Realize I am this or I am struggling with this. Realize it. Own it. Identify. I am struggling with this, period. That's okay. It's okay to feel away, but it's not okay to stay there. It's okay to feel a certain way about your struggle, but don't stay there. Don't camp out. So part of the only, one of the ways, and, and here's one of the things we have here. The only way out is, is that involve, it involves this, admitting the problem, admitting the problem. When we're taking God's hand and we're saying, God, help me. How many ever, how many ever prayed that prayer right there? You haven't said much, but you said, God, help me. Right, You want to take God's hand. Here's how you do it. You admit to the problem. You say, there's a problem here. Then you submit to God. Lord, I give this thing to you. And then thirdly, you commit to making positive personal transformation. Don't just say, I want to do better. Don't just say, I want to do better. Tell me how you want to do better. Tell God how you want to do better. Aim specifically at that thing. In other words, if you know. That your struggle is not your your inability to save money. Then you know what you need to do? You You didn't need to make a goal of, I need to save more money. That's not a goal. A goal is, I need to save $50 a week more than I'm normally doing. That's a goal. That's an attainable, reachable, tangible goal. And you should make those for both your physical life, your financial life, and your spiritual life. Are you hearing me? Physically. Healthy, I set some goals uh, this past year. I met some of them. I missed some of them, but I identified them. And part of it is admitting the problem, submitting to God, who is the one who fixes the problem, and then committing to a plan that will execute that. You're saying, I want to learn the word of God more, but you haven't signed up for anything. This is your chance. You want to learn more about Jesus? Perfect. We have a great class for you. Multiple classes, in fact. Multiple classes. If you can't do Wednesday, you can do Thursday. Something. Find a way to get involved. So here's what I want to say as I begin to wrap this up. Here, First Peter one four. Peter explains the hope of. Let's turn there. Matter of fact, let's turn there real quick. First Peter one four. First Peter one four. It's located. Toward the end of the New Testament, after Hebrews. Hebrews is a big book. Turn right there. Make a right at Hebrews. Yep, Hebrews, James, and then Peter. First Peter, chapter 1, verse 4. Let's read this together. Um, You can follow along. Matter of fact, I'll start from verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us, watch this, new birth into a living hope, right? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now this is when it gets into what we're talking about. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept and shielded by God's power unto the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Right? So we say all of this, all of the things that God wants to do in our life, the inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade in verse 4. Did you hear that? God has a promise for you that will never perish, spoil, or fade. You want to take God's hand? Take his hand because his promise is never spoil, fade, or gone away. That's the God I'm talking about today. So here's what we're talking about. Three things real quick. Three things. It talks about imperishable. That means it won't wither and it won't die like everything else. Undefiled. What does that mean? That means it can't be corrupted by our selfishness. Raise your hand if you've ever been selfish. I'm not looking. Okay, hands out quick before I look up. Our fear of losing it, our pride over it, or our unrealistic and disappointed expectations of it. You know what that means? Our selfishness oftentimes will, will just mess up God's plan for our life. God doesn't want that for you. You are undefiled. You, that means you are not hands-on yourself. Undefiled means it's all in God's hands. God's hands only, not mine. I'm not managing my life. I'm not running my life. Are you hearing me? I'm not running my life. God is. And the last one is unfading. It won't bring joy that flares up, then burns out. God's word and God's spirit never fades. It never fades. You know, how many of you have an area in your carpet somewhere, living room, that's a little different than the areas that are not walked upon? Right? There are portions of your of your carpet you can run. No matter how many times you run over it, it's still faded. And then you go to another part where you can actually see the vacuum cleaner lines. Remember those vacuum cleaner lines once upon a time? Right? You used to create those. But there's areas that have been faded. Why? Because they've been walked on. And some of us in that same way, areas of our life have been walked on. People have walked all over you and you've been paying you. All you have is that's faded marks. You know what God's word is? God says I will never fade. My word will never fade. I am constant, and I am here. Amen? So I want to tell you this because I believe that God has a new season for you. The world has submitted themselves as eternally pessimistic. The church should be having our minds restored. So this is the church mindset versus the world mindset. Are you ready? The kingdom versus the world. And the kingdom versus the world says this. The church versus the world. The kingdom perspective says the world wants to sit in dry corners and mope. The church needs to look up and realize there's fresh water on the way. The world wants to always say that there's doom and gloom. The church says, Jesus Christ is always present. And I don't have to run. I don't have to hide. And I will never fade. Amen? So when we look at a new thing, I want us to understand something. The same spiritual wasting away that we see in society right now. How many see a spiritual wasting away in our society? Churches are more preoccupied with making it comfortable for you. We don't pride ourselves in making things comfortable for you, even though we got really nice seats. Who appreciates the seats, anybody? I appreciate seats, especially when I sit in bleachers watching my kid play basketball. Those bleacher seats are not of God. (laughs) Not of God. They hurt. Long period, hours and hours sitting there watching game after game, hurt. We got nice seats for you. But our goal isn't to make you comfortable. Our goal is to make you obedient. And as your pastor, that's my goal. I want to help you be obedient to the cause of Christ in your life. So when he makes the streams in the desert, that means the dry places will become what? Wet places. The old places will become new places, right? Caleb, you know that, new places, right? The crooked places will become what? Straight places. Why? Because he is the author and he is the one governing your life. So what happens? This is why God sent his son. And this is why we're going to walk through this journey together. in this new believers class. And, and if you're not a new believer, you know, you still want to come, come. Be a part of it. I'm just going to walk through it. We're going to walk through it. And in multiple classes, we're going be, to believe that 2021 is going to be a new you, not just a new year, a new you. So as, as the worship team comes, I want us to be aware of this, that there's been an evaporation of streams all across America because people have been settling with, you know what? I don't just want to be the church. I just, I just want to go to church. Or I don't just want to be changed. I want to look like I've changed. Right? And I talked a little bit about this last week. How many remember when I talked about whitewash? Last week, Some of you remember what I talked about whitewash? See, you can have a dirty wall and you can paint over it, but guess what? The paint's on there and the paint is clean, but the wall is still dirty. What I want for you as a believer is to come to a place in your life where you're saying, I don't want to be whitewashed. I want to be washed white. Are you hearing me? I don't want to be whitewashed. I don't want to look, just look like I know what I'm doing. I want to know God because he's the one that helps me do what I need to get done. Amen. How many of you can benefit from uh, the spirit of God changing your life in 2021 and get past all the pain, all the struggle? And some of you, man, I saw just the altar being, you know, filled last week with people saying, you know what? I want to, I want to uh, come out of this area of my life or I want God to fill the gaps, Right. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you're online, I invite you to be a part of this as well. I invite you to pray this prayer with me. But I also invite you right now, if you can, in the room. Would you stand with me for a moment? If you can, stand with me for a moment. And I want to say this before I pray. There is a hopelessness, powerlessness, and joylessness that has plagued our society and this must end in the church. Listen, there's no room for you to be joyless. There's no room for you to be powerless. There's no room for you to be hopeless. The Spirit of God in you can change all of that. Well, Pastor Tony, what do you mean the Spirit of God in me? That's exactly what we're going to walk through in these classes in all these classes one thing you'll find in every one of our classes is that the spirit the holy spirit must be invited into your life daily speak to me holy spirit and don't think that's some more sort of like hocus pocus weird thing can i tell you something that is what's drawn people away from the church cuz they misunderstood what some preachers and people have said when they say things. I don't want you to misunderstand me. All you're saying is, God, be a part of my life and speak to me. Because I believe God still speaks to us today. I really believe that. And I believe he speaks to you. The question is, are you listening? So today, God is doing a new thing all around us. Now what? How do we respond? It may not look like what we thought it may look like. It may not have been the experience that we experienced. You know, we didn't look at 2020 like that in the beginning. We didn't go, man, what, what if we could use a really good pandemic right now to just really get us on our feet? No, nobody expected that. But guess what? I'm going to take my pain, my struggle, and all the things I've been through, and I'm laying it at his feet. I'm going to be like, I'm done touching this thing. This is a new thing. I want a new thing. Hands off of the old stuff, it's gone now. Let's enter into the new thing. I don't want to be spiritually impoverished anymore. I don't want the new normal to affect me. I want God normal to affect me. The God normal to affect me. And that's the last days. That's the spirit of God will fall upon the people. And so I invite you to pray with me right now. All across this room and those of you online bow your heads right now all across this place all of you online all of you listening even father we want a new thing we're done with the old we no longer want anything to do with the impoverished mentality that in some way i will never get back to where i was father I now want to get back to where I was I want to go further I pray you would take take me and watch me closely and if I don't step in the right place tell me so I may walk right before you if we look God deep into our soul we realize we need more of you yes God problems exist But we realize that you're the answer to all of them. And we're so grateful that you're up to something. You're up to something. I pray, God, today you'd help us to respond in Jesus' name.